We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince, you ready? You ready to jump into the mailbag, buddy? I know. Already. Like, can we just quickly get this linebacker stuff talked about? Because I want to talk to. I love the mailbag. You love it. I love it. Like one of my children. All right, Jordan Schreiber with. (laughs) with So weird. (laughs) (laughs) So telling your kids you said that. Uh, That's all right. They're the ones, the loud ones up there. All right, Uh, who gets significant playing time at linebacker first, Drake Bowen or Jaden Osbury? You know, Jordan, that's a great question. One, but... I, like, as it, because see, here's the thing: is it's going to be more depth chart related rather than who's better. That's often how that is. So the question is: be okay. Well, which is it? Is a spot going to open up inside or outside first? Well, right sure. now, I kind of feel like there's a backup spot inside that's going to be more able to gain than than Rover. Because right now, Rover, you got Jack Kaiser, and you got Jalen Sneed. And then one of those guys would have to either move or go down or get beat out for Jaden even to be the number two. Like Drake Bowen could technically be the, the number two Mike linebacker like now, depending on what they do with Nolan Ziegler, right? I mean, what are they sure. going to do with him? And so uh, to me, I think Drake right now has the better path that could change during fall camp. If they decide to move uh, – because like Jaden could – like let's say Jaden has a great summer and fall camp. They could say, hey, look, you know what? This kid's ready to play. So yeah. we're going to have Jaden Sneed, Jaden Osbury and Jalen Sneed be our rovers, and we're going to move Jack inside and play him more at will, right? Like you could see something like that. So uh, I'm going to go Drake now just because of where the depth chart is, but I wouldn't be shocked if either one of those kids got in first. I mean, they're both excellent. It, it really, Jordan, it really comes down to the opportunity on the depth chart, which one opens up first. That's kind of where I'm at on this one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we kind of answered this one from Tommy Guns. He gave us an over-under, Vince. He said uh, oh. over-under 12 tackles for loss for the group. I mean, if, if, they, if they went under, that would be one of the worst <laughs> seasons I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it'd be bad. From a um, a group of linebackers. Yeah, that would be, be like bad. terrible. Terrible. All right, let's go to uh, – we've got one here from – I love this name. Marcus Freeman's Little Leprechaun Boy. Wow, is that like an illegitimate kid? Or I like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like an insult to me. I don't know. It's an insult to Marcus Freeman. I don't know what this is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. All right. Uh, within the last 10 years, what is one Notre Dame linebacker coach, former or current, and Notre Dame player, former or current, combination you would have loved to see? About Jalen Smith with anybody else that, yeah, he, that he had. I would have loved. To, okay, so I'm going to go one Notre Dame linebacker coach and any player combination you would love to have seen. So the one I want to go with is I'd love to be able to go with Mike Elko and Jalen Sne- Smith, but I can't because he wasn't a linebacker's coach. Correct. Right. So, boy, that's a, that's a really – interesting one so i'm gonna i'm gonna then i'm just gonna go clark lee then i think clark lee is probably the the, because we've seen Jalen sneed and 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 uh uh, bob diaco now i think Jalen would have moved inside the next year but you know he played outside linebacker in 2013 with diaco but i think Jalen smith and i mean look osmar Bilal had more tackles for loss in his senior season than Jalen smith had in his last season Ridiculous. In, under Mar, Mar, under Clark Lee, I think Jalen Smith would have been. I mean, he already won the Buckus. That's, that's how good he was. He won the Buckus Award in spite of Brian Van <laughs> Could you imagine if he'd had a chance to play with? Well, right. I'll, I'm going to cheat and say that I wish Jalen Smith was able. I wish Jalen Smith, instead of going to the NFL, would have come back to college, rehabbed, been 100 healthy in 2017 and been able to play under Clark Lee as the linebackers coach with Mike Elko as a defensive coordinator. Wow. Yeah. Like think about what Tavon Coney did that year in a rotation role. Right. Exactly. Right. Like exactly. Yes. I mean that year, Tavon Coney as part of it, he had, he had less than 500 snaps in, in that 2017 defense. Tavon Coney had 12 and a half tackles for loss. Drew Tranquil had 10 and a half tackles for loss. Niles Morgan had seven tackles for loss. And Grim Martini had three tackles for loss. Could you imagine Jalen Smith starting a will linebacker with that staff? That'd have been fun to watch. That that's my answer to that one. So Clark Lee as the line, because if Clark Lee's just the linebackers coach, that means right. Mike Elko. So the D corner yeah. like, way to get the answer that I wanted. <laughs> Manipulated the system to get where I wanted to get to, Vince. So oh, there we go. That's great. That is awesome. That's a fun question. Oh, I like that one. Irish Burnt Ends 84. 
Do you think now having Max Bola as the GA will improve the linebacker play, considering he has experience coaching as compared to James Laurinaitis last season, who came in with none? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I hope we see him. It's hard for me to say for sure because we've only seen him in practice so far. Right. But I I have to think that a guy that Nick Saban kept around for a couple of years is correct. got a little bit of something to him, right? And and Max Bulla wasn't a really productive player at Michigan State because he was a borderline Jalen Smith as athlete, right? I mean, can we can we agree on that? Right. I mean, uh, what, what what was he drafted? Was Max Bulla drafted or did he go undrafted? I don't know. That's Maybe a good question. I remember him at Michigan State yeah. though. He went, he went undrafted. Okay. And played three years in the NFL. Uh, he was not a, he was not a great athlete. The guy had 299 career tackles, and in his last two years at Michigan State in 12 and 13, had double-digit tackles for loss in each of those two seasons. And he didn't do it because he was a 4-4. Right. Right? So, to me, I'm actually going to go look and see what his combine numbers were because I'm sitting there talking about his his athleticism, and he may have, you know, he may have lit the world on fire. And I'm going to – I'm going to catch up to Max Bull at some well, event and some, if, he's like, uh, he heard had you talking about my combine. Yeah, numbers, if he had 300 total yeah. tackles uh, in his career and went undrafted, I feel like maybe his, yeah, Vince, he had a, he had a four, he ran a four, seven, eight. Yeah. Okay. And only had a 31 inch vertical, had a seven, two, two. He only had a nine, four broad jump. Yeah. So this is not a guy right. that had only had 31 inch arms. So not real long arms. So he was a guy that, as I, as I thought, did not have great, in his pro day, he didn't improve it by much. He went ran a four seven six. So uh, his twenty yard cone drill at his pro day was four four, which is not moving in a cone drill. So again, why was he a great linebacker? Right here, I mean, he was exactly. tough as nails. I mean, if you remember some of those teams, oh. twenty twelve and twenty thirteen Michigan State teams, he was a starting linebacker, right, on that Michigan State team that went thirteen and one. Mm-hmm. That one, you know, was so. Had a great defense, so he didn't do that because he was Jalen Smith athletically, right? right? And that's one of my whole point. And and he was a very productive player on those teams. So uh, you know, he's a guy that I would like to see uh, have an impact. And, and if he can, then that's obviously going to be good for for that for them uh, for those linebackers. And it's again, James Laurinaitis was a much better player. James Laurinaitis was also a great athlete, but it's not so much that oh, he's a better coach than James Laurinaitis. He just has been doing it for long. Right. He's, yeah. Laurinaitis. Exactly. This is going to be his fourth year coaching football. Right. James Laurinaitis was in year one. Right. Learning. He did a defense whole, and, he had a whole right. other career before he became right. a coach too. I mean, right. Max Bulla. I'm. I'm. I guess I'm going out on a limb here, but he went from playing to coaching. Like there was. Yeah. No... And he played. He played four years in the NFL. Okay, and then immediately jumped into coaching. Yeah, whereas so he James Laurinaitis went... played. I mean, James Laurinaitis was, I believe, a teammate of Marcus Freeman at one point in time. If that tells you the difference in 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 how long they, they were, played, they were I'm teammates saying... in Ohio State. Exactly, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, James yeah, yeah. Laurinaitis's last year at Ohio State was 2008, and and so he he got done five years before Max Bulla, and Max Bulla is going into year four of coaching, and James right. Laurinaitis is going into year two because James Laurinaitis had a much longer NFL career. Uh, but you know, but again, the point is he had never coached football before I me mean, worked at camps and I was optimistic and I actually heard good things about him, but it, I will say this from talking to different people, it did take him a while to kind of get his groove as a coach to where he, he, like the thing that I was told by different people was he's really smart, really smart. He's just having trouble relating it to gotcha. freshmen, sophomores and juniors in college. Cause he's been playing the NFL for 10, for a decade, right. Where Max right. Bola has a lot more experience. Now, I mean, most of 
last 15 years, James Laronitis has spent most of his time in the NFL. Max Bull has spent most of his time in college football as a player and then coaching. So that that that's something that should help him a little bit. Now, sure. 10 years, James Laronitis may be the best linebackers coach in college football, NFL, whatever. Uh, and so the, I, I just don't want people to take what I'm saying. The reason I'm saying this, Vince, I shouldn't keep prefacing it. I don't want people to take this as I'm, I'm somehow throwing shade at James Laronitis. I'm not. I mean, as I said, last year's linebacker issues were on Al Golden. Sure. Because they were schematic. I'm simply saying it doesn't hurt that right. in year two, you have a linebackers coach that actually has more experience <clears throat> actually coaching, not necessarily right. playing, but coaching, because there's a big difference. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. I just don't want it to come across because James Laronitis left, and I'm like, oh, James Laronitis, he wasn't that good. He was the problem. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's good to have a guy that's actually coached the position longer. Sure. And you hope that that'll benefit this group. And because these veterans are a little bit more experienced, then maybe that'll allow Coach Bullet even more time to spend on Nolan Ziegler and Jalen Sneed and Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury as well. I'm hoping that those two things happen. Jordan Schreiber with a mailbag question. Who is the best run-stuffing linebacker? So, like, old-school Mike linebacker on, style? On the current team? Uh, I mean, I'd probably say J.D. Bertrand. Right. I mean, he's the only one we've seen really do it. Mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Nolan Ziegler and Drake Bowen are going to be able to do as inside run stuffers. Sure. But right now it's it JD. At the college level. Yeah. Yeah, right now it's JD, so no no doubt about it. Tommy Guns, which three current backers would give Notre Dame that Teo Smith JOK combo that we all wish we could have seen? Well, I mean, none. None of them are those guys. No. Um, but it, it, like, what would be the dream scenario if everybody plays to their potential of what they can be in 2023? Okay. Um, it's your veterans. I mean, I know people are going to hear this, but if Ma- if Maris Lufau plays to his full potential, he's still better than any of the veterans because he's got three years of experience on him, three and four sure. years of experience on him. Yeah. But, you know, J.D.'s still your better Mike. I mean, if J.D. Bertrand plays his best this year as a fifth-year guy, because what I, what I you know, I can answer the question realistically about upside. So if if Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury tap into their full potential of who they can ever be in college in year one, sure, they're they're starting because there's, you know, whatever. I mean, it's so it's like, okay, and then it's Drake Bowen, Jaden Osbury, and Jalen Sneed, you know, something like that. But, like, that's not realistic. Right. I, I think – you know, best case scenario is maybe it's Jack, JD, or Jack or JD and Marist are are part of your inside combination, and Jalen Steeds your rover, or Jack and JD are starting, and a Nolan Ziegler steps in, like some combination of two of Jack and JD with, uh, you know, Nolan Ziegler or Jalen Steed, depending on who steps up the best, would be the thing that I would say is if you really want to get like okay, other than just the starters and take the easy answer. Right. That would probably be the combination I would most look look to, something along those lines. I think it's definitely a combination. It's not just three guys. Not with not with this group. It's yeah. it's got to be a combination. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, like that's just that's well, that's I'd you be, just took the three I, best linebackers. I'm in. just hoping we can get because well, here's a fun question for you, Vince. What was the best linebacker group that Notre Dame has had since 2010? For me, I think it's kind of an easy answer, but I, I, I've I found that a lot of people don't immediately go to this answer. Uh, Coney and Tranquil that year. Yeah, see, I, I go 17. 
Okay. Because in seven and eighteen, when Coney was, was, was a, but it was just uh, the two of them. Guy. Yeah. It was just the two of them in twenty eighteen. It was True. just Drew and and Osmar was kind of your third guy, but you you didn't right. really play but two guys a whole lot. Twenty seventeen, right. Drew Trank was excellent as a rover. Tavon was great as a, as as well in seventeen. Plus you had Niles and Greer. Yeah. Also on that team. So I actually so thought yeah, the linebacker play in twenty seventeen was outstanding. Just the other position groups weren't as strong. Right. Uh, as as those groups were. But yeah, I mean, most people immediately go to 2018 and they were the best one two punch, no doubt, in my opinion. That was the best one two punch Notre Dame had a linebacker in, since 2010. Sure. Easily. Right. But as a whole room, but as a whole room, I thought that's not that makes had, sense. Drew, yeah, Drew at Rover. Right. I mean, th- who was the Rover in 2017? They never really found one. It's like right. sometimes it was so Osmar. Like, he wasn't that good. Then they tried nickel, Houston there. Like, yeah, he wasn't that good. Is, and then they put Sean Crawford in a nickel yeah. and that because they didn't really have a Rover. Yeah. And you had Drew as a Rover in 17. And then you had. Tavon Greer and Niles balling inside. I think that was the best linebacker room. Yeah, Notre Dame had, in my opinion. I like it. it. Was yeah, twenty twelve was pretty good too. I thought Danny Spawn is a very underrated player. Danny Spawn was a really good player. I mean, he wasn't really good from like he made a ton of plays, but he just did his job about as consistently and effectively. And we talk about the twenty twelve team, and we almost never talk about Danny Spawn. He was a full time starter on that team. Danny Spawn was a good football player in twenty twelve. We never talk about him, uh, but yeah, but but I just think that that Dan Fox was a nice player, but he wasn't Tavon and Niles and Greer and Drew and those guys, yeah. in my opinion. So that's why I'm going 2017. It's a good one, very good one. That's really really fun questions today. Let's get this one from Indy Football Nerd. Nice. Do you believe the linebacker room is more suited to what the coaching staff wants to do schematically than in 2022? What's well, the same guys? Well, I would say that yes, because you have more pieces that Al Golden can throw at people if he wants to. So if Al Golden says, I really need a guy that can just come in and rush the quarterback. Once Bo Bauer went down last year, they didn't have that. And they didn't really use Bo that way early either. I mean, uh Coach Golden didn't use Bo Bauer the same way Marcus Freeman and Clark Lee did. Just didn't. You know, it just just the way it was a different defense. I mean, and that was probably more that the way that Bo was used early last year, Vince, was probably the most evidence that we had that Marcus Freeman was not running the defense last year. Yeah. You know, because Bo was very disruptive the previous year, you know, uh, and he just wasn't, he wasn't that last year. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't. So I would say you've got a Jalen Sneed to kind of come in and be a disruptive nickel package. I think I think most NFL guys want to have packages. And so from that standpoint, with Ziggler being a year older, with Jalen Sneed, you know, with the freshman, I think there's more packages he can do. I think what it comes down to is it's – I think that this unit is going to be better suited because they have a year of experience in his system. They can run his system more effectively than sure. last year. And – we always talk about the players learning the system. Coaches also have to learn their players. And Absolutely. You don't walk in the door immediately knowing who your players are. I mean, right. Marcus Freeman can tell you this part, but you need to see it for, you know, here's what this kid can do. No here, doubt. Even this kid. And 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 so so Al Golden's going to have a better sense of what J.D. Bertrand's good at this year. He's going to have a better sense of what Jack Kaiser's good at this year, too, that he didn't have a year ago at the same time. And that matters too, if it's a good football coach. And I still think Al Golden's a good football coach. I He frustrates the heck out of me when it comes to recruiting and with some of the stuff he does, 
but there's still a lot you see where it's like, man, this guy's this guy's still pretty really smart. I mean, go ask go ask Ryan Day if Al Gold knows how to put a game plan together, right? Go, go ask Dabo Sweeney if Al Gold knows how to put a game plan together, right? I mean, this is a, still a pretty good defense last year. It just wasn't good enough, right? But Agreed. it was still a pretty good defense in a lot of ways last year. Just and imagine what their scoring defense would have looked like last year. It wasn't bad if, it, if they just were number fifty overall in red zone defense. That's it. Right. I mean, instead of last, instead of last, <laughs> like literally last, like that's hard to do. And they still only gave up 21 offensive points a game, despite yeah. playing Ohio State, Clemson, yeah. South Carolina, and USC. They were great between the 20s. Yeah. Freaking great. Yep. So mm. we, 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 we'll see. Mm. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting. But good question, Indy Football Nerd. John Weaver. Uh, were you guys ever able to verify Bradley Shaw's height and length from a visit to campus? Six foot, six foot one doesn't seem to fit the criteria at linebackers. The staff has been going for. I did not, John. I was not able to get that yet, but I think that at, at height, right, height right there is kind of what we're going to see. Right. I mean, that's the reality of it. Now, basically what you have to ask yourself is, am I, do I like the other parts of his game enough to be okay with him not being that long or not tall? And that's what I've kind of come around on on Bradley Shaw because my first thought was I love the kid's film, but he just doesn't have the profile. Yeah. Just doesn't have the profile. But then the more you watch his film, you're like, man, but yes, film is really good. Right. And, you know, I think that's kind of where you're going to look at. But I think there's a reason that, that Kingston's kind of been the priority because he brings a little bit more of that length, more of the height profile. and girth to the table. Because if, if if Bradley Shaw was six foot two thirty and ran like he ran, I wouldn't care about him being six foot. I, I really don't care about height on a line. One of the best middle linebackers I ever saw in my lifetime was five eight, Sam Mills. Right? I mean, Mike Singletary was what, five ten, five eleven, something like that, right? It's you know, it's the length part and in, in, in being able to get off blocks, but he runs very well. He's very productive, he's very instinctive, he's a smart football player, he's just not really big. He's probably like two fifteen. And if you see pictures of him, he's pretty jacked up. So it's like, does this kid have the frame to to get a lot bigger? I don't know the answer. Yeah. But it, it he's he's probably the biggest enigma on the board for me, Vince, because his film is outstanding. And it really is. Have you seen his film? I don't, you, watch his film today for okay. me. Because well, his film is like, if you just forget measurables and all that, it's like, sure. this kid's film is outstanding. He's just not real big. Are they? I'll ask a question here that I know people have been kind of hinting at or whatever. Do they, if both uh, Kingston and uh, Shaw want to come, does Notre Dame take both of them? My under my my thought would be is if Bradley wants to come first, they would take him and still go after Kingston. Okay. I don't know. And, and again, I truly don't know. I've not been able to give anyone get, have anyone give me an answer to this. So I, when I say gotcha. I don't know, I'm not saying I doubt it. I'm saying I literally don't know. Gotcha. I'm confident that if Bradley Shaw wanted to come, they would take him and then see, try to still get Kingston. Okay. I haven't been able to get anybody to tell me if the other way around happened. But I do know that Al Golden especially really likes Bradley Shaw. Okay. Really likes Bradley Shaw. I mean, Shaw. they've got room to take both, don't yeah. they? Uh, I to a degree, yeah. Okay. Here's the only problem, Vince. Next year's linebackers class is absolutely flipping. Loaded. Okay, yeah, I've heard. You and say so it's kind of like if you're going to take four next year, might be the year to do that. Gotcha. That that's kind of the thought. Pro- and then you space it out a little bit with the three man class from 2022. 
and you know, excuse me, the 2023 freshman class, you get sure because you had three last year, and then if you get four the very next year, seven linebackers in two years is a lot. And then if you you know, so taking a um, bunch the following year potentially, yeah, yeah I got you. Okay. Yep. All right, let's get to uh, speaking of that. Let's just kind of get this one out of the way. Okay, uh, scale of one to ten on KVA choosing Notre Dame. I'm. I don't know. I'm right now. I'm at about a six, five or six, because I'm just there's just because there's just a lot of it went. I was eight a few weeks ago. Yeah, coming out of his visit, like That's it what was I remember you saying. basically a done deal. Like yeah. we thought it was a done deal. Then the Ohio State visit happens, and then everybody kept talking about Ohio State, but the team that was really surging for him at the time was USC. Right. Well, I think that's cooled a little bit, and I think now it's back to Ohio State, Notre Dame, and I don't know, and I haven't been able to get a really clear read on our. I mean, I know what the Ohio State people are saying. But I don't care about that. I'm talking about, and I know what the Notre Dame people are saying, but I care more about what's the intel we got out of him, and and his side has gone pretty quiet. So I think he's very torn. So fifty six five five out of five or six. You know, I think it's back and forth. I think it's as close to about fifty fifty as, as you can be. So I'm going six just because I think the faith thing could be the the part that puts him over the top. But sure, I wouldn't be shocked either way if he picks Ohio State or Notre Dame at this point in time. I, I really wouldn't. So that's that's where I'm at on that one. Jordan's got another one. He says if he was going to be a rookie this year, what do you think Lawrence Taylor would do in the NFL? Still the massive impact. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, best, one of the best linebackers to ever play the game, if not well, the best. I mean, he's going to have an impact. I think the the thought process is is has the game changed, right? right? So, sure. like to the point where guys like him uh, aren't utilized as more. And and I would say, if you want to know how he would be utilized, I mean, you look at guys like Hassan Reddick, uh, Micah Parsons, Vaughn Miller, Vaughn Miller, guys like that. Like that's who Lawrence Taylor was. Now would yeah i mean he'd be he'd be, he's one of those guys that just no matter what era you played in he was right. going to be a great player i i understand the question vince because there are some players like in today's era certain running backs wouldn't be as good because sure. they just don't run the ball like they're not valued like, as much as they right used to exactly be position, emmett, smith, emmett smith wouldn't be as valued today right. as he was back then because oh. just teams don't do the bell cow thing as much anymore right you know what i mean absolutely i'm not saying he still wouldn't be a very good player but would he if he played in today's game, would he be the all-time leading NFL rusher? I don't think so. Uh, so, but Lawrence Taylor is one of those guys that that rushing a quarterback for my entire life has been in a, a a need. Sure. And the way that he did it, you know, there's always that need for that overhang guy. Whether you're a four-three team with a stand-up, but there's still always those teams that just play that guy on the edge. It's just, uh, I mean, it's all he does is rush the passer. I mean, he's a better version of Von Miller, and look what Von Miller's done. I was going to say, if you line him up on the edge like a Von Miller, because that's the first yeah. person that I thought of like as an edge linebacker-ish type player, he would destroy tackles. He'd destroy them. And he would have sack records and everything else. I mean, it, it, there's just no doubt. So would he have an impact? No question. And he, yeah. and he was a little bit before my time, like really watching the game. But I know how good he I've seen. I've seen enough. I've right. seen enough to know that you give any defensive coordinator – that guy with that talent level, he's going to have an impact. No doubt yeah. about it. No doubt. T-Gun's coming up some wild over-unders, Vince, today. Okay. So. All right, here we go. So over-under, three and a half interceptions, 15 and a half sacks, and 300 and a half total tackles. So, so let's take those okay. one at a time. 
Let's go three and a half interceptions. Under. Okay. That's a uh, lot. I'm going to say that as well. Okay. 15 and a half sacks. I'm definitely going under on that Yeah, as that's well. a lot too. I don't see that. Ha- I, w- I would be ecstatic if they had double digits. Yes. And that would still be a third lower than where that number is set. Yeah, three and a, three and a half tackles, total tackles. Yeah, I, I'm going to go under there too, just because I think they're going to play so much. The nature of the schedule is such that your three best opponents are teams you're probably going to be playing a lot of nickel against. That's just kind of right. And it's just yeah. going to lower the opportunity for there to be more tackles. Yeah. And so you put of, it of like, those, that's the number I'm, I'm most confident they get to. Like that's the okay. one I would consider taking the over on okay. of those three. Cause you said 280. You would have you'd be happy plus. at 280 plus minimum 280 right. plus. Yeah. Right. But 300 is a very reasonable number. Right. Especially if the offense is, is more big play this year than it was last year. But you also factor in what we've talked about in other conversations, which is, you know, we're talking about limited possessions this year. At least one, one or two possessions this year total in a game are going to be out. That's going to factor into it as well on top of the nickel stuff. But uh, if I were to set the over under, I would set it at this. Uh, 290 uh, okay. and a half tackles or 289 and a half. One or the other would be the tackle number I would take. That's where that's more the, the tackles for loss to me. I'd probably go just kind of looking at what the numbers have been in the past events. You know, I'd probably, I'd probably look at that one and say a, a more realistic, actually let's just pull the numbers up again for what we've seen in recent years. And keeping in mind that in some of those years we've had a Buckus award winner. And those, so let's just pull up those numbers from recent seasons again, so we can give some context. So if if we were to say 290 tackles, that puts them right in line with what they've what we've seen in since 2018 when they you know have been less of a base defense team. Like 2017, they were a base defense team all year. Drew Tranquil played the most snaps in many, and he was the rover, right? Since 2018, that's when they went to more of a nickel type of look a four two five type of look and the rover right. didn't play as much and that's been kind of true for most of the years so i think 290 is the is a tackle number when i get to tackles for loss i think when you look at past years i think a, a really good year would be around like that 30 number 30 and a half would be the number i would look at if we're going to talk about the production especially when you consider how much al golden triggers the linebackers a team that blitzes that much should be a 30 plus team tackle for loss team and then when it comes to sacks, I would set it at like, I'd say eight and a half is where yeah. I'd set that as an over-under because, again, right. how much they blitz is is a big part of that. So those are the things. And then interceptions. I actually think three and a half is actually a good number Okay, because, you know, two to three is a pretty good year. Right. You know, linebackers. Uh, so I could see I could see that being a good over-under number. I would still take the under, but I think three and a half is a good number. Because if you're if you're if you're a lot more disruptive, there's going to be a lot more balls that get kind of floated up in the air that linebackers can pick off. If that makes sense, you know? right? Uh, and and we saw a little bit of that in 2020. I think that then they have like three set three interceptions, I believe, in like 2020. I know that Jeremiah and Bo Bauer both had one against Pitt alone that season in 2020. Let me let me look. So you had uh, Kaiser Bauer, Dalen Hayes had one. He wasn't. Oh, and then Jeremiah. So you had three in 2020 in only okay. 12 games. Right. So I think three and a half is a good number, but the other number, the, the sack numbers and the tackle, the sack number is way too high. The tackle for loss number that he had earlier was way too low. But I, I think 300 and a half is, a, is an okay number. I just would lower it maybe 10, probably more so, just because, yeah. of, again, now here's the thing. If you wanted to count Thomas Harper as a linebacker from a production standpoint, Ooh. 
then we'd be having a little bit of a different conversation. Yeah, right. Because then if you look at last year's numbers, if you want to put Tariq Bracey in the conversation, so let's say Tariq Bracey had 24 tackles, but let's take out the BYU game where he had, uh, let's see, three. So then he had four, so 37 for, for Tariq. Because the reason I say take out BYU because he played outside corner a lot in that game. That's why right. I'm taking that one out. So then you had 37. Now the linebackers are 264. Right. So if we're going to if we're going to say, you know, that the, 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 you count the Nicholas part of that, then I could say, OK, 300 is part of the conversation for sure. For right. Sure. But I'm going to say 290 and a half would be the number I would look at. I'd, I'd probably okay. still take the under, but it would be a much more competitive um, right. thought process for me. I would I would be tempted to take the over there, to be honest with you, because at I 290 and a half at 290 and a half. Mm-hmm. I'd be tempted to take that over. I mean, I now granted if the over happens then they had a really good year. Like that's, yes. that's, that's, that's borderline a bold prediction, yeah. but I would be tempted to take the over. I, I think they have the ability to get there. I think the offense is part of this too, Vince, is if they're coming oh, out and sure. they're just blowing people away, then you're going to rack up a lot of linebacker tackles in the second half of games. Right. And, that's the and part of it. potential pass breakups and all of those different things. Right. If teams are trying to play catch up. Right. Right. So that's a, I'm actually going to look this up here in a second, but we, we can move on to the next question. Then I'll come, I'll come back to this one. From ND Football Nerd, do you foresee a freshman linebacker earning a starting role by the end of the season or earning a regular role on the defense? I could starting. see it. I'm not I'm not gonna predict it, but I could see it. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't shock me. I, I'm not gonna predict it just because right. you'd have to have multiple injuries, I think, okay. most likely That's, for that to happen. That was gonna be my question. So do you see it from a natural everybody's healthy and they just are better? No. Or do you see it from a attrition guys get hurt and the guy has to step up as much as I love Drake Bowen and Jay Nalsbury. I also think that Nolan Ziegler and, and, and uh, Jalen senior also really talented linebackers as sure. well. And they have a year and a half head start yeah. on the, or a year head start on those guys. Cause they're right. sophomores and those guys are freshmen. So yep. I, I would say no, uh, it, unless there's an injury, that right. would be the only scenario that I could, I could see kind of that happening to be completely right. honest with the events. I just, I agree completely. That'll be tough just because I, I I'm much higher. And, and look, is it because I don't think those guys are outstanding top hundred football players? Of course I do. But I also thought Jalen seed was right. And I had gave Nolan Ziegler a four and a half star upside grade. So it's not like, well, if you guys right. thought they were that good, why wouldn't you expect project them to play more? Well, cause I also thought Nolan Ziegler and Josh Burnham and junior Tillamock and Jalen seed were a really good linebacker class right. as well. They're, they're walking into a very talented group. I mean, right. Yeah. Right. With three returning starters. Right. I'll say this. If if the question was, would you be surprised if a freshman linebacker earned a starting role or at least a regular role in the defense? I'd say no. I wouldn't be surprised because they're that good. I'm just not going to predict it because right. that's putting a lot of expectations on a kid who's at a very talented position mm-hmm. to make that kind of quick adjustment. Yeah. So, yeah. From James O'Reilly, forgive me if it's been discussed as I won't be able to watch live. Which of the younger linebackers can you see getting heavy rotation or possibly move to a starter? I'm really high on all the young linebackers. So when you look at it that way, when James is looking at the young, I think he's taking like freshmen and sophomores all together. And I, I think agree. both of the sophomores have a shot to, to yes. If you were to, if, if, if uh, ND football nerd would ask me, which of the soft, do you think one of the sophomores can earn a starting role? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think one of those can, 
uh, whether it's Nolan Ziegler, whether it's uh, Jalen Sneed, I could absolutely see those guys, especially if you want to count third down as a starting job. I mean, it's like right. I'm the guy that goes in on their third down. Then right. I definitely think one of the – so I think Jalen Sneed will be a starter on nickel this year. I think he flat out will be. And that's a and starter, in, today's, in my I mean, opinion. Look, Vince, yeah. I know this for a fact. Notre Dame has multiple depth charts for their defense. Yeah, There's the base defense depth chart, the nickel depth chart, the two-minute – I mean, like, so they have depth charts for situations. Sure. And I, I fully expect Jalen Sneed to be a starter on at least one of the depth charts in one of the situation type type things. I can see Nolan Ziegler earning one too. Uh, so, yeah, I think the sophomores would have a much better chance of making that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.